At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Coming to you from the Circa Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Scott Satterberg. This is the look ahead here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. You can always follow along on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R, as the first round of the NFL draft here in Las Vegas is behind us, and we can react to everything that happened and everything that went down and the surprises and maybe the non-surprises. Here on the show, we had investments on uh, three players, essentially. Well, four players, but three different bets. The first investment was Derek Stingley to go third overall. And that happened. All the stories about the Texans being in love with Stingley, that was true. And for the first three picks, everything seemed to hold true with the rumors and the leaks and the information that was circulating about this draft. So we cashed that ticket. The other ticket we were holding was for Ikem Ikwonu to go fourth overall to the Jets. And if you recall me on this show about a week ago, I was talking about Sauce Gardner to the Jets. In fact, I have an email here from, let's see what date it is. Up, maybe I have to look at it on my phone. But I have an email here where I sent out my mock draft, my top 10. I'll pull it up on my phone because it's not pulling up on my computer. So, in this email where I sent my mock, I was talking about Sauce Gardner going to the Jets. Why did I like Sauce to the Jets? Well, a lot of things that I liked about Sauce was that, here it is, sent this last Tuesday. Walker 1, Hutchinson 2, Kayvon 3, so I thought Thibodeau would go third. Sauce 4. I thought about Sauce 4 because the Jets, when they were at their best, they had a number one corner in Darrell Rebus, who they can leave out on an island, and it helped Rex Ryan utilize his pass rush because he didn't have to, he can rely on a cornerback to have one-on-one coverage. He didn't have to roll a safety over to help him out. He could just leave him out there on the island, hence the nickname Rebus Island. Robert Salas kind of got a similar thing going on where he'd love to have a cornerback be able to cover one-on-one, which will free up a defender to allow him to utilize a blitzing scheme. 
So I thought Sauce made incredible sense. But then the Makai Becton story leaked. And this is some of the stuff that I really don't like about draft week is that we get this information and it turns out to be bogus. If Now, if it does come true and we find out in a week from now or two weeks from now or two months from now that Makai Becton's no longer on the New York Jets, well, then I'll be like, all right, it makes sense. I believe you. But right now, it seems like it was all bogus. Because the story was that Becton and the Jets no longer, the marriage not working. He showed up overweight last year, the work ethic, the stuff. This is not working out. And they were going to move on from Makai Becton, meaning that they have a void at left tackle. And so, I bet he came to go fourth overall to the Jets. That didn't happen. So the rest of my top 10 in my mock, again, who cares about my mock, but I want to see how I did. I said Walker 1, Hutchinson 2, 2 for 2. Kayvon 3, eh, wrong. Sauce 4, which wound up being right. Congratulations. Then I had Cross 5 to the Giants. Another story that we had heard about leading up to this draft, was how enamored the Giants were with Charles Cross. How the Giants worked him out privately, well, not privately, but at his pro day, and and their offensive line coach, and everybody was just so in love with Charles Cross. But the Giants, at number five, Kayvon Thibodeau was available, and you don't pass up a talent like that. They took Thibodeau at five. And then at six, it was the Panthers taking Ikem Ikwonu, who in my mock here, I have six Ikwonu. So I was correct on one, two, four, and six so far. Then it came to number seven. And I wrote down Derek Stingley for the Giants. Now, that wound up being incorrect because, and part of my read was the Giants are going to split their picks between a defensive player and an offensive player. They took the defensive player at five here, so they went with the offensive player, and it wasn't Charles Cross. They took Evan Neal. And I think what they liked about Evan Neal is his versatility because you could play him at different positions along that offensive line. A lot of people were concerned with the injuries, but this was a guy at one point during this entire draft process was the odds-on favorite to go number one overall. So I think the Giants are happy with who they got at seven. At eight, I said it was going to be Jamison Williams. I thought he'd be the number one wide receiver taken in this draft. And it was not. It was Drake London. And then at nine... I said Kyle Hamilton, the safety. Nine winds up being Charles Cross. The Seahawks take the third offensive tackle off the board. And at 10, I wrote Garrett Wilson. And that's who wound up going 10 correctly to the New York Jets. Jets leading a wide receiver. And I thought Jamison Williams was number one. Garrett Wilson was number two. Drake London was number three. So I got number one and three mixed up because it wound up being London going number one. So if I would have placed a bet on first wide receiver to be drafted, I would have lost that. So overall in the mock, though, in the top 10, I think I did okay. Hit on number one, 
number two, number four, number six, number 10. Honestly, for not being an NFL draft expert, I think that's pretty good. And those were just guesses. But I won one of the bets with Stingley, lost the other bet with the Quanu, and then I created my own bet. I explained this last night, that what I did was, and you could get creative and do this, and it doesn't just apply here for the NFL draft. It applies in a lot of other cases where you could take two plus money outcomes and bet them both and essentially create your own bet at lesser odds. So knowing that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to take a quarterback and really the odds of them not taking a quarterback at number 20 overall was a heavy underdog. I'd say it was like 95-5 that they were going to take a quarterback, maybe even higher than that. And so I had taken two bets, one bet on the Steelers to draft Kenny Pickett, the other bet on the Steelers should draft Malik Willis, thinking that as long as they took one of these quarterbacks, I'd make a profit. Now, I'm making less of a profit if I would have just bet one of them, but this is what I mean by getting creative and creating your own bet. You take two bets that, let's say, let's say they're both three to one. You bet them both. You're essentially creating your own bet for two to one. Right, because if you win three to one on the one bet, you're going to lose your one unit on the other one. So you're basically getting plus two hundred, and so that's what I did. And I think one of the more surprising things about this first round was that Malik Willis was not taken. There was real belief that Malik Willis had a chance to not just be the first quarterback taken in this. But to be a top five pick, maybe even the number one overall pick. Everyone talked about how good he was at the the Senior Bowl. And the skill set and the arm strength. And everything that, that you would want in a quarterback. But there's more to this process than we know. And some information we'll never find out. But did he interview poorly? Are there things that uh, showed up in a drug test? Was there something that showed up in his background check? At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
There's a million reasons why a guy doesn't get drafted. And most of them, we'll never know. So it's not worth speculating, but kind of curious as to why he didn't go in the first round. To me, that was one of the biggest surprises. Especially how much we talked about the idea of there possibly being three quarterbacks going in the first round. Thinking, hey, teams want that fifth-year option, right? Maybe a team trades back into the end of the first round and takes that third quarterback once Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett are off the board. But that's not what happened here. And the Lions wind up trading the 32nd overall pick to the Vikings, who took a safety. I thought that was a place right there where maybe Detroit takes a quarterback. But Detroit moved up to number 12 overall so that they can grab Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R, our very own first overall draft pick. Former number one pick Mike Pritchard will join me coming up next. We're going to get his reaction to the first round of the NFL draft. Who won, who lost, and who was the biggest surprise? I'm Scott Zadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment of The Look Ahead is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties, and they come in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit Zinn.com find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Joining us now to uh, break down the first round of the NFL draft is our very own first round draft pick. He is Mike Pritchard, the host of Betting Across America, former NFL wide receiver. And Pritch, when it comes to the first round, what was the biggest surprise to you of these 32 picks? Oh, the biggest surprise. I mean, we had those trades, those three trades in a row, uh, which was incredible to think about. Uh, and then we had to run on receiver, right, uh, Scott? So I think, you know, without any trades at the top of the first round of that draft, and, and then all of a sudden we have three draft day trades right there at 11, 12, and 13, uh, that's when the action started to pick up. Uh, that's when we saw the run really start to happen, too, uh, with Alave and certainly Jameson Williams and, and what Detroit did. Um, but there were so many other surprises too, though. I mean, uh, three safeties going in the first round, I believe we saw that, uh, which, you know, from a, from a betting standpoint, I don't think anybody anticipated that. Um, and then what the Jets did, the Jets knocked it out the park with their draft, uh, getting Jermaine Johnson back there as they traded back into the first round of the three first round picks. Uh, I think the Jets are well on their way. If, if Salah can change that culture, uh, I think the Jets had a solid draft tonight. Sticking in New York, what did you think of the Giants' move to pick up Kayvon Thibodeau at number five and then go with Evan Neal, the former favorite to be the number one overall pick at number seven? 
Yeah, how about that? Um, because I think there was some steam on the, the cross kid, but, you know, Evan Neal, uh, he's a massive, massive player. Um, and, you know, you've got to stay in shape, which you kind of worry about that. But I like to pick. I mean, he was at one point going to be the number one overall pick. He's a stout player from Alabama. Uh, and then Thibodeau, uh, you know, just the question marks right there. So if you look at the Giants uh, and in the first draft for Shane right there, you got two players that I think you got comfortable with, with the interview process, talking about Thibodeau for sure. Thibodeau in New York City with the guy conscious about his brand, that's something to keep your eye on, though. Mm. Uh, but he's a, he's a great talent. He really is a great talent. Uh, but hopefully he doesn't get distracted out there in New York. Those advertising firms on Fifth Avenue are going to be calling him for sure because he's got a personality, <laughs> and you know right. he's going to be uh, – he's not going to be camera shy, Pritch. So this guy's oh, going to yeah. find himself some pretty uh, – pretty. he's going to be on commercials pretty quickly there in New York. Uh, let's go to your position, the wide receiver position. Drake London is a guy who, if you would have asked me three months ago who's the first wide receiver drafted, I would have said Drake London. The guy that okay. I really loved at USC. I And I'm just – for me, I, I go size with wide receivers. I'm, I, I favor right. the, the big guys as opposed to – the, the speedy possession guys, but that's just me personally as a football fan. But if you would have asked me, and we had these conversations over the past couple of weeks, I would have thought, no way Drake London's the first wide receiver off the board. It's going to be either Garrett Wilson or Jamison Williams. So Drake London is the first wide receiver off the board at number eight to the Falcons. What do you think of that move? Well, I, you know what? I think we had a conversation about this too a few weeks ago, and it was all going to come down to preference. Uh, with wide receivers, you know, they were so different, whether it was Garrett Wilson or Alave or, or certainly Drake London, uh, they, they all had uh, different, different qualities or they brought different skill sets to the table there. And it was all about preference. I, I, I think Atlanta didn't have to do Drake London. I mean, I get it. They're rebuilding. Uh, they have Kyle Pitts. So you go back to back drafts in which you go Kyle Pitts, uh, as high as they took him, uh, fourth overall. And then you look at uh, Drake London now at eight overall. You, you trade two for big Marcus red zone Mariota. targets there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but are you going to get to the red zone now? Yeah. is your quarterback, right? Uh, so, I mean, I get the theory, but I, I, I don't think that's a great combination because you still don't have anybody to take the top off the of defense. You might have some matchups, but, you know, who's to say you can't double team those two trees out there on the outside? Kenny Pickett goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers at number 20. Uh, I think we all expected them to take a quarterback. It was just a matter of which mm-hmm. quarterback they took. And they uh, keep Kenny Pickett in his stadium where he played in college. So he's very familiar with the field. He's very familiar with the locker rooms. And he's very familiar with the weather and the fans as well. I can tell you what, the highest selling jersey in the NFL this year might be Kenny Pickett. Yeah, it's a good pick. It's a solid one. I mean, if anybody would know Kenny Pickett the, the best, it would be the Steelers. He was right there in the building. I think relationships are so strong uh, in in the National Football League in terms of just getting information and trying to know somebody. Uh, and the Steelers, who, let's face it, they have one of the better cultures from the history standpoint at the National Football League. If they felt pretty strongly about Kenny Pickett at 12, uh, they have a quality guy. Uh, now, from a skill set standpoint, uh, development standpoint, they're going to have some time. Mitchell Trubisky is going to be there. Tomlin's a great coach. Uh, but Kenny Pickett, I think he's in a perfect spot for him to have a successful NFL career. Were you surprised Malik Willis was not drafted tonight? 
Yeah, I was shocked. I, I mean, it was irresponsible for people to mock him too overall to Detroit. Uh, and you wonder what that did to, to the young man. Uh, I wonder what it's going to do. I hope he bounces back. I hope he, you know, uses his fuel. But we saw Tom Brady drop the six and, and he turned into the best quarterback ever. So uh, for Malik Willis, it's certainly a learning lesson for him from that standpoint, but take it and, and be motivated by it. But uh, yeah, I feel bad for the young man that, you know, you're, you're hyped up the way that he was and he was not even selected in the first round. Can I give you a crazy scenario, Pritch? Yes, sir. The fourth pick in the second round belongs to the New York football giants who declined mm-hmm. the fifth year option on Daniel Jones. Malik Willis, fourth pick of the second round to the Giants. You like that one, huh? <laughs> I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Look, they they obviously they're they are not sold on Daniel Jones to the point right. where you know it's a new regime in there now. It's not the regime that drafted Daniel yeah. Jones. And they declined the fifth year option. So they're they could franchise tag him, of course. They could sign him to a long term deal, or they could just be done with him. So if they why not draft the quarterback of the future? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the second round gets tricky because there's all these running backs on the board too, and you got you know multiple quarterbacks that probably should be selected in the second round, and uh, it does get very interesting. I, I think it adds more intrigue to this year's draft for sure. Uh, it, it makes sense, you know. The Tennessee Titans makes sense too. Mm. Tannehill does not have okay. guaranteed yep. money on his contract after this year. Uh, so that kind of makes sense. And the Tampa Bay uh, Bucks with the first pick of the second round. How about that? Tampa Bay <laughs> makes sense too, right? Because Tom Brady's done after this year. So yeah, it, it does make next uh, tomorrow's draft highly, highly intriguing. Honestly, he could go to a number of teams. Pritch, I look. The Texans have the fifth pick in the second round. Um, the mm-hmm. Seahawks certainly have a couple of picks. Like it, there's a lot of the, Fal- the Falcons. Even there's. The Lions have the 14th pick in the second round. Like I don't know who's, I don't know where Malik Willis is going to go, but he is definitely uh, going to be more, one of the more polarizing names here on Friday. Who yeah. else to you stands out as maybe like the best available player that hasn't been drafted that you think goes early here on Friday? Are we talking about uh, Brees Hall, the running back, Nicobe Dean, the linebacker? Who are you thinking? Both of those guys are great candidates, but you know, outside with Brees Hall, I mean, I think it's going to be like wide receiver with running back. Uh, it's going to be team specific uh, in terms of what type of running back you want. I mean, Brees Hall is that wide zone guy. Uh, he, he is a plug and play. He's a compliment to if you already have a running back. And we're seeing that in the National Football League where teams have multiple wide, uh, multiple running backs, right? So the, the other guy's cook uh, stands out to me a little bit. Uh, from Georgia out there, but you know, he's a guy that is, is a, a, a change of pace type of player, but you're in the second round now. And then I think we can see teams look for those specific positions, those specific players at that position at running back. Yeah. Or Kenneth Walker from Michigan state. Is, exactly. And, he's and, another one. He's an every down back for you. Yeah. Top wide receiver. You got Christian Watson, uh, the kid from North Dakota state that everybody raved yep. about. Uh, Sky Moore, who people thought might have a chance to go into the first round. And, of course, George Pickens from Georgia still on the board. So there's definitely skill position guys that will be drafted here on Friday. Pritch, enjoy the rest of this NFL draft weekend. Lots of exciting festivities going on and lots of drama as the NFL just proves to be number one once again. Thanks, as always, for the conversation. Thank you, Scott. appreciate you. Have a great night, man. There he is, Mike Pritchard, former 
number 13 overall pick in the 1991 NFL Draft. Our very own here, host of Betting Across America on Tim. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. It's S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Going to shift gears, turn our attention to the NBA playoffs as we had three closeout games on Thursday. And yeah, all three series have been closed out. James Alberino at Spread Investor will join me coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Answer the call of cash with DraftKings Connect to Victory Challenge, sponsored by Verizon. Play for free in this nine-part prediction pool series and take your shot at grabbing a share of $45,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Verizon now to join the action. Verizon, America's most reliable 5G network. Terms and conditions and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VCMV Sports Betting Network. Joined now by James Alberino. You follow him on Twitter at Spread Investor. And James, we are now through the first round of the NBA playoffs. Well, no, we have still have Grizzlies and Timberwolves. But anything stand out to you about the way that these series closed out here on Thursday with all three of these teams that were up 3-2 closing out their series? Yeah, well, if you look at the way that the Suns played and how they finished versus the Pelicans, I think if you're the Mavs, you're going into that series with a lot of confidence. And the Mavs have the defense and and pieces like the Pelicans do to just limit the Suns' offense a little bit. And that'll be... A competitive series, and the and the Mavs will likely cover a few times as dogs. Um, and the Sixers finally uh, just got over the hump. And I think the three days of hearing all the criticism mm-hmm. actually helped them in this game. And if if they didn't get so much criticism, I I, I doubt if they give a thirty plus point blowout type performance like they did tonight. Tonight was tonight was fueled by a lot of the talk this week. Booker coming back and uh, scored, you know, didn't really do much, but he had 13 points and um, finally made a three-pointer there in the fourth quarter. What do you think of his performance? Do you think that he looks like he's going to be good to go uh, moving on here? He was really good late in the game, hit a big three, um, hit, a, hit a big bucket late after that. And, yeah, you know, it took him to the second half to get going, but – he looked fine when when they needed him, and um, yeah, the, the Suns will be in a good position, and and Booker should be should be good to go for the first half of that series with the Mavs. All favorites have won their series to this point, with just one more series to be decided, and that is Memphis and Minnesota. Memphis having a three-two lead. Which of the favorites that have advanced has looked the best to you so far? Well, the Celtics looked great, and they dominated the Nets uh, for the majority of the second half of that series. And their defense is tough to beat because they have a lot of size. They have a lot of different guys that they could throw at you to stop a number one scorer. Uh, So as good as the Heat have looked in the East, and, and how much they limited Trey Young, the Celtics will not be in, will will not be a smooth out at all. And as far as which favorite that advanced looked the worst, 
Is it Philadelphia by losing these two games or anybody else? The way that Philly handled the middle part of that series, it definitely shows red flags. You know, they're not as deep as most other teams that are left in the playoffs, and they can't afford to have nights where their energy level isn't at its high. I think, granted, Embiid, he had the injury and he was favoring it, but those guys admitted that they came out flat in game four, game five. They, they can't do that. And first the heat, they're not going to be able to get away with just above average. Nice. You have to be really good to beat the heat, the heat. Tyler hero didn't play well in any game except for the closeout game versus the Hawks and the heat beat the Hawks by double digits, three games. So the heat are going to be a really, really tough out for Philadelphia. Do you think that under trend continues as we advance throughout the playoffs? Unders now twenty six and sixteen. That doesn't include the uh, the 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 six games I believe in the play in tournament. So it's probably even better than that because they were six and zero oh in the play in oh. round. Yeah, consistently and long term, the longer you go in these series, the more defensive adjustments are made. The slower the game gets under four or five minutes in the fourth quarter, and both teams know what each each offense wants to do. And you guys, some guys have tired legs, and they're playing their sixth game in, uh, what, ten nights? It, 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 gets, it gets tiring, and definitely the longer in the series, uh, there's definitely friends that, that favor the under. Grizzlies and Timberwolves, game number six coming up on Friday night. Memphis, a one-point favorite on the road. Uh, what's your leading on this game right now? I haven't bet this yet. Uh, I may. Um, I, I've been back and forth because I think the Wolves come out strong. That They're at their best off a loss. And as bad as they play late in games, and you, and you can't trust them, they, they turn the ball over, they play a lot of isolation sometimes, and in late-game situations, they take bad shots. If they do that again, it's deja vu. But they have the ability, and they've done it four times in this series, where they could get out and and be up by double digits. So I think first quarter is is probably the way to play this game and play this game live. There'll be runs both ways. I think that you can get both teams as dogs, uh, both teams money line plus money. So, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Wolves jump out again in this series. Uh, are you surprised that the spread is Memphis minus one? Uh, in the first game, no. it was minus one and a half. The first game in Minnesota was one and a half. The second game in Minnesota, it was two and a half. And now we have it back down and even further down to one. No, look how close this series has been. Yeah. And the Wolves, if, if the Wolves don't take bad shots in the last four or five minutes of the game, they could have won this series already. They're going to lose this series, whether it be in six or seven, and they're going to go into the summer and look back at this series and say, what did we just do? Because there were points in this series where they dominated. And that's why I think this is such a good game to play live because they're, they're a volatile team. They can get really hot from three. Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Towns, they could all hit three, four threes in a span of two minutes. But then they could also give up 10, 15 points in that same time span. So um, definitely have the laptop open for lives. What about the total? Any feel for that? 
Uh, it, it, the series has been trending towards the under. Uh, last game went under. I, I forget by how much, but it, it covered by a couple of possessions. 229 in the game six. Yeah, and I think the Grizzlies are going to keep playing Brandon Clark more and more minutes, and that might affect Towns. Towns is playing really well, so yeah, it's tough to play an under against both of these teams just by nature, but um, it's the lowest hard. total that we've seen so far in these in, in between these two teams in this series. What was the last game? One eleven, one oh nine. I think. No, I'm talking about the pre, the pre, just the pregame line. Like the last game, yeah. it was two. It was two thirty one and a half. Um, no, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out what it finished last game. Oh, one eleven, one oh nine. One eleven, one oh nine. So it combined two twenty. This is two twenty nine, and yeah, more defensive adjustments made. Brandon Clark on Towns gives them a good chance uh, of limiting him a little bit. There's so many rim protectors. There's a lot of size on, on both teams, especially the Wolves side. I would lean under. I, I don't know if I could get behind it, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it covers by a couple of possessions. Yeah, I mean, we saw high-scoring games in one and two, and I guess in four, um, kind of. Yeah, I guess 119, 118, I guess you'd call that high-scoring. Uh, but you had 104, 95, you had 111, 109, um, and all those numbers were much higher the pregame line than what we're seeing here. 229 is the lowest between these two teams. So there's definitely been an adjustment, and just uh, because it's a closeout game, you would expect it to be, um, you know, a, a lower total. If I was going to say, if Minnesota wins this, what's the spread in game seven? Seven Memphis at home would be. They were laying six in Game Five. Yeah, I was just gonna say five and a half, six for Game Seven. And that's pretty much what they've been at this whole series. I mean, it was six and a half, seven in Games One and Two, pretty much. I would say six. Yeah, it'll it'll be. It should be six for Game Seven. Yeah, so you would favor them, of course, uh, in in a Game Seven situation. All right, we have the second round beginning. On Sunday, we already have a line out for the Bucks and the Celtics. Uh, and then we have more matchups on Monday. 76ers Heat, Mavericks against the Suns will begin as well. James, hang with me. I want to get your thoughts on the Game 1s and just on the second-round series as a whole. He's James Alberino. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Spread Investor as he is locked into the NBA playoffs right now. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Favorites, 29 and 13 straight up, 23 and 19 against the spread in the first round of the playoffs so far. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VEASAN Spring Special is here. For only $59, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now till the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting contest in the business right here at VEASAN.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's Daily MLB Best Bets. Jonathan Vontobel has his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil's breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, 
every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash spring. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Rejoined now by James Alberino. You follow him on Twitter at Spread Investor. And James, before we get to the game ones of the second round, let's just take a look at the series prices for the matchups that we have in round two. We'll start in the East, where the Celtics are minus 200 against the Bucks. Your thoughts on that? Is it accurate? I think the Bucks are a little undervalued in this series. Uh, even where the, the line opened up for game one, you know, Middleton out is a big deal, but the Bucks are playing really good basketball and, and they have depth. And when guys like Holiday and Portis step up, and Brooke Lopez just got back a couple of weeks ago and he's a big addition. They play, you know, so for Middleton going down, they play without Lopez most of the season and him coming back. Milwaukee's size won't be easy for Boston, and as good as Boston has looked, um, this is going to be a close series, uh, even without Chris Middleton. So I definitely think um, Milwaukee, the defending champs, are a little undervalued. Game one, the Celtics are a five. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Point favorite at home. Do you like the Bucks catching the five? Then, yeah, I, I think the Bucks um, five. There's a there's a lot of ways that Milwaukee can make have this be a close game late, and um, Milwaukee's gonna they, they have the edge in terms of being better positioned to be in rhythm for the start of this game. Boston played on Monday. This game is going to be on Sunday, so there's going to be days in between their last game and, and game one. And Milwaukee just played Wednesday night, a really, really good game. Granted, Chicago is depleted, but still Milwaukee shooting the lights out of the ball. And there's going to be a four-day gap, so the two days, I think it favors Milwaukee a bit. But either way, um, yeah, I see this being a tight game. Let's go to the Sixers and the Heat, where Miami minus 176 in this series, so it's interesting. The Celtics are more of a favorite over the Bucks than the Heat are over the Sixers in the series. Well, an hour and a half ago, this line was the Heat minus 155. That was way too low. 175 is too low. I think Miami's more of a 210, 215 favorite in this series. Wow. Miami's, Miami's depth in shooting 
is just you can't compare the two teams. Miami has so many guys that they could throw at you. Their defense is just so good, and they bring they bring energy on another level that Philadelphia doesn't match and won't match every night. Philadelphia needed to lose two games to wake up and, and start tonight's game with a, 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 a lot of energy. The Heat, the, Heat limited, the Heat were the only team in the NBA that has limited Trey Young, and they did it every single game. Harden, this is a series that Harden's not going to shoot more than 35%. If he does, it's going to be really, really difficult for him, and he's going to be working for every basket because the Heat are going to throw a lot of guys at him, and Philadelphia is more top-heavy. Joel Embiid is going to get his, even though Bam is, is a great defender. Uh, but Miami is just – their bench is better, and they, their defense is just a, a different level. Heat are laying four and a half in game one coming up on uh, Sunday – or excuse me, on Monday. Would you lay the four and a half with Miami? Yeah, I like Miami. And the only thing that I don't like is that they're going to have a little bit of a layoff the – uh, six days in between games, but I think once they get in rhythm, second half, this is a game where they can build the lead. Philly's shown the tendency to have lulls in the in the middle of games, and they get home in game one. Game one, when you're trying to set a tempo, the, the, the good the good teams at home typically take care of business straight up and against the spread in game one. I think there's a spot where Miami's a little undervalued. I don't see a series price yet on Mavericks and Suns, but I do see a game one price uh, on plus two forty. Plus two forty, Dallas. Dallas plus two forty for the series. Is that too high? Uh, it's, it's not a bad ticket. I'll say that Dallas is going to give them a series. I don't think they win it, but plus two forty. Yeah, I, I don't think that. I don't think the Suns should be. 330 favorites in this series. I think it, yeah. it should be closer to I think it should be closer to 250, 260. By the way, I can't believe we could have gotten the Mavericks at plus 280 for the series after game 1 and just and just to not buy in on that was just dumb. Anyway, yeah, I know. I, I, I wish I had money in on that. I I I'm glad I at least played them game by game. Yeah. But that, that was a gift plus 280. Yep. Both. They're catching six points in game one against the Suns. Uh, you like backing Dallas here in the game one spot? Yeah. It's, yeah I, if they cover, I don't think it'll be a comfortable cover. I think the Suns with Booker back will set a tone in game one. But if Dallas doesn't cover game one, probably cover game two. I think they're going to get at least one cover in Phoenix. They'll be a good dog in the series because their defense can keep them in game. So, uh, I think this will be a competitive series, and um, yeah, definitely lean Dallas. Are the Miami Heat being disrespected a little bit in the futures market in terms of yeah. outright betting to win the NBA title? I mean, it's Warriors one, it's Suns two, and those two are pretty much a coin flip now that Booker is back and he looked as good as he has looked uh, in this game. But then you got the Celtics, and then it's the Heat Bucks together, so. I mean, Miami was the number one seed. It seems like everyone's just enamored with the Celtics because of how good they looked against the Brooklyn Nets. And it just feels like everyone's talking about the Celtics or the Bucks. No one's respecting the Heat. Well, in fairness, the Suns, Warriors, and Celtics are really, really good. Uh, 
and the Heat, by default, because they're the one seed, they should be looked at as the team to be. But it, it is fair to look at other teams. I thought that the the respect for the Nets was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That was almost clear as day that that was there were there were team building issues that that aside from the talent there. Um, but these teams, yeah. Uh, that being said, I think the Heat will use this as motive. I think they have been using it as motivation. Not that they need it, but I think it. I think it helps them. I think. I think a team that shuts down Trey Young five games in a row. A lot of that is, hey, we we're a really good defensive team. We know we have to be a good defensive team if we're going to come out of the East and make a run at this thing. And yeah, I think that's why they avoid letdown. Can I interest you in taking a shot at NBA Finals MVP and taking a look at that market right now? I haven't seen a price, so if you throw a couple of numbers. So Steph Steph Curry and Jason Tatum are the co-favorites right now, uh, which makes sense if the Celtics are the uh, highest-priced Eastern Conference team and the Warriors are the favorite in the Western Conference. Then you got Giannis and Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Luka Doncic is 16 to 1. John Morant's 11 to 1. But here's the name I'm going to throw out at you. Jordan. No. But I like the way you're thinking because it's Jordan Poole. 45 to 1 on Jordan Poole to be the finals MVP. That's a good ticket. Yeah. What's Clay Thompson at? 55 to 1. 55. I I love that ticket. I love the last. Four weeks, he's playing so much better than he did the first six to eight weeks when he was back. He looks really, really good. He's on fire. He, he was in in the um, well, the, the Warriors didn't look good in the closeout game, but prior to that, in Denver, they were sloppy. But Clay Thompson was one of the few guys that was on point. He was he was in almost every shot. Was getting annoyed at one point when he didn't get the ball. Mm. So he's feeling good, and I, I think the Warriors with him playing better now. They're complete, your confidence level in backing the Warriors has to be completely different. They're a little undersized, but, man, they can score 15 points on you in two and a half minutes. Yeah, and maybe, all right, maybe we'll take the long shot here on Clay Thompson at this point to be the finals MVP. He's James Alberino. You follow him on Twitter at Spread Investor. James, thanks for the time. Enjoy the rest of the games here this weekend. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Uh, I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VEASAN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare